Chapter Eleven of Lady Jim of Curzon Street. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lady Jim of Curzon Street by Fergus Hume. Chapter Eleven a triple knock at the door both interrupted leah's meditations and annoyed her as she was far from wishing for company it could not be jim as he usually banged the panels impatiently and walked in before the invitation to enter could be heard through the noise of his tattoo besides jim for obvious reasons connected with askew had made himself scarce for the last four-and-twenty hours should it be a visitor leah resolved to decline conversation especially with one of her own sex but the women of the house-party so rarely ventured into lady jim's sitting-room that she concluded the disturber to be some servant with a message perhaps jim had broken his head while skating or had made a hole in the ice if so his death would greatly simplify matters come in she cried impatiently and to her surprise lionel presented himself with a somewhat diffident look oh it's you padre lady jim had picked up the word from a sandhurst cadet what's the matter anything wrong what should be wrong inquired kames closing the door and remaining on the inside oh i don't know i always expect bad news when i see a lawyer's letter or a parson's face well has lady canby been converted or has jim gone to that place where the climate forbids skating nothing of the sort has happened said lionel dryly i have merely come to chat with you sit down then though i warn you i don't feel companionable you are worried my dear man when am i anything else but worried with jim for a husband and the duke behaving like shylock at his worst you and jim have made a mess of things i don't know about jim said lionel resenting this ungrateful speech but i did my best to put matters in the right light oh lord who wanted a right light the less light on jim's and my affairs the better a few white lies would have resulted in a larger sum than that miserable two hundred with which the duke insulted us i am not in the habit of telling lies white or black lady james i dare say you parsons are so ridiculously punctilious as if diplomatic lies were not as oil on the troubled waters of this world i did not come to discuss this said lionel seeing how utterly impossible she was but to help you in your trouble what trouble i don't know i was reading in the library when a feeling came to me that i must see you at once that you needed assistance leah looked rather queer what could he possibly know of her late experience telepathy i suppose well that may be the scientific name for the divine spirit the what i believe that the impulse to seek you came from above you are in danger am i of being bored to death you can't deny that you are in trouble of some sort i can see it in your expression 
my trouble is my own i share it with no one then you are in pray don't question me snapped leah with a nervous glance around this interference of the unseen with her material affairs was both weird and uncomfortable she could not deny the panic that had driven her headlong from the security of the flesh and it was remarkable that lionel unsummoned and unsought should seek her at so critical a moment the feeling that he was meddling with what did not concern him annoyed her the more i wish you would not frighten me she cried with an angry determination to stop this uncanny business perhaps it is your conscience that is frightening you how dare you say that because there is something serious the matter or i should not have been called to your assistance i never called you then your good angel did i don't believe in such things do you believe in anything yes she said defiantly in myself that is a poor help in time of trouble i have managed very well hitherto can you substantiate that statement seeing how embarrassed your worldly affairs are at this moment lady jim could find no direct answer parsons have nothing to do with worldly matters she muttered averting her eyes very true but if i can offer spiritual consolation take it to lady canvey she needs it more than i do i doubt that or the call would not have come it's a false alarm padre she said jeeringly i don't want to be preached at and you're suffering from indigestion or softening of the brain well lady james said lionel rising with a sigh your limitations may lead you to look at the matter in that light but if i can do nothing for you i can only retire after asking your pardon as i do for my intrusion and he made for the door her mood changed with feminine rapidity and she beckoned imperatively that he should remain disguise it as she would to kames his sudden coming on the top of her late puzzling experience drove her to acknowledge that something outside the material was at work leah was too clever a woman to deny the existence of more things in heaven and earth than came within the scope of her knowledge it is the duty of your parsons to pry into the secrets of souls i suppose she said leaning her elbow on the chair-arm and her chin on her hand but what interest can you have in my soul if i have one i as other servants of the master interest myself in all souls that you may save them only christ can do that i may deny his power to do so i may deny him and so fall as peter fell said lionel sadly yet he repented with bitter weeping i am not a tearful woman she retorted and turned to look into the fire she did not wish to meet his eyes when she spoke the ensuing acknowledgment you are a good man lionel and and you may be able to help me kames resumed his seat i hope so but i can only point the way to a better helper and one more powerful she continued to gaze at the burning coals i was frightened a few minutes before you entered she said abruptly by what that is the question you must answer by something which made me see what a horrid nature i have lionel was silent for a few moments not quite sure of his speech 
the unseen presses closely around us he remarked at length and at times reveals itself for instance a contemplated sin may be prevented by a spiritual influence informing the intelligence how terrible the consequences of such a sin may be it was the sin itself rather than its consequence which frightened me murmured leah so softly that lionel caught but one word what is that you say about sin lady jim's cunning made her shirk confession nothing oh nothing she said hurriedly only it seems to me that everything pleasant is a sin in your eyes dead sea fruit replied kames earnestly fair to the eye foul to the taste if you turn devoutly to the spiritual the material pleasures of this world lose their attractiveness perhaps she said sceptically but many things goody-goody people of your sort shudder at are attractive you can't deny that i have no wish to satan always supplies us with rose-coloured spectacles through which to contemplate his works lady jim rose and walked up and down the narrow limits of the room twisting her hands in a nervous hesitating way quite unlike her usually calm decisive self i wish you would not talk nonsense she snapped it is absurd to believe in a personal devil and in a possible hell also i suppose you would say oh she said carelessly scientists have explained that away and the inquisition of the middle ages denied that the earth went round the sun said kames grimly but i understand that it does clever but not convincing what is the use of talking nursery theology and cheap science to me what can you say that is likely to do me good the patient must be frank with his physician hinted lionel oh we always tell the exact truth to doctor and lawyer said lady jim scornfully because we fear for our bodies and our property but who tells the truth to a parson those who are convinced of sin in that case i may as well hold my tongue i am not convinced of anything not even if i ought to make you my father confessor i cannot compel your confidence on the other hand i cannot help you unless unless quite so let me think and turning her back on him she went to the window the early winter gloom was blotting out the distant landscape but near at hand the spectral glare of the snow revealed blackly the figures of homeward bound skaters the cold deadness of so sinister a world did not tend to soothe leah's overstrung nerves and shrouded nature could give her no counsel had it been a summer's twilight of nightingales and roses of sleeping blossoms and murmuring leaves she would have recovered sufficient spirit to scoff but this arctic waste livid and still in the half-light reminded her of the frozen hell in the deadly chills of which shuddered dante the seer and the virile saxon word hinted at the possible if not at the probable of course it was all very ridiculous and her system was 
out of order nevertheless she felt that some kindly human comfort and advice might restore her tormented mind to its usual peace and whatever she said to lionel he would not dare to repeat as a cousin as a gentleman as a priest his lips would be triply sealed and he might be able to point out a less dangerous path than that towards which the need of money was driving her he was a good fellow too and honest enough in spite of his superstition she decided to speak and came back to her chair had she been less material she could have heard in the stillness the rustling wings of a returning angel lionel looked at her inquiringly she was about to speak hurriedly lest the good impulse should pass away when jim's tattoo was heard with a snap leah closed her lips as he lumbered red-faced hardy and essentially fleshy into the room the mere sight of his tangible commonplace made the woman thank her stars that she had not blundered into hysterical frankness hello lionel hello leah sittin in the twilight and talkin secrets eh mind some light he clicked the ivory knob near the door and the room sprang into vivid being had a jolly day's skatin ya should a come leah no end of a lark feels sick this polite question was asked because she shaded her eyes from the glare no but i can't stand wild bulls charging into a room might call it a china shop chuckled jim glancing disparagingly at the knick-knackery nerves slack i'll bet fresh air and exercise a cheerful company is what you want leah i'm likely to get the last with you she rejoined witheringly for the overpowering vitality of the man made her wince well lionel's here been no catch in the way of fun i expect seems to have given you the hump goin old man all right i'll cheer her up see you at dinner the curate nodded and went out since jim's plunge into the middle of their conversation he had not uttered a word for the interruption had jarred on him as on lady jim moreover he departed with an intuitive feeling that the golden moment had passed and this was truly the case when she next saw him leah wondered why she had so nearly made a fool of herself and indeed she was already wondering while jim obviously embarrassed discoursed in a breezy blundering way with an attempt at connubial fondness poor old girl he said sitting opposite to her looking fresh and handsome and essentially manly awfully sorry you're chippy if i'd known i'd a come back to keep you company are the heavens falling asked leah listlessly jim as usual could not follow this recondite speech don't know what you're talking about he remarked good-humouredly and bustling to the bell you're a peg too low leah tell you what we'll have tea here and a talk if you don't mind his wife nodded wondering if he was about to confess his possible mormonism she did not think so as jim never confessed anything unless it was dragged piecemeal out of him her feelings at this moment did not lean towards cross-examination so she let him ring the bell and order tea without using her too ready tongue in fact she unbent so far as to make use of him get me a dose of sal volatile jim she ordered there's a bottle on my dressing-table poor old girl said the sympathetic jim again and stumbling into the next room with eager haste 
leah smiled to herself this ready obedience argued a guilty conscience after jim dosed her he was tactful enough to hold his tongue and improve the fire without clattering the poker and tongs then he pulled down the blinds and drew the curtains and altered the shades of the electric so that leah might not be overpowered by the glare it's quite like a new honeymoon she said sarcastically the drug was doing its renovating work and her original devil was returning to a swept and garnished house with seven other spirits more wicked than himself jim took the remark seriously and coloured with pleasure i believe we'd get on rippin said he enthusiastically if we only had the money i believe we'd be as happy as birds they can't be very happy in this cold weather replied leah seeing plainly that jim's amiability was owing to a selfish fear of reproval for his iniquities here's the tea i don't want any just now as the sal volatile is doing me good you can eat oh can't i just said jim when the footman left and he was filling himself a cup the skatin's given me an appetite sides i want to get into form as i've something serious to say about this insurance business leah looked up suddenly i thought you had given that the go-by no drawled her husband not meeting her eyes course the pater's a good sort and all that but his arrangement will give us a howlin bad time for the next few years so i told you well then jim fiddled nervously with a piece of toast why not get the twenty thousand it could be managed of course with some little difficulty through the russian johnny demetrius yes you've seen him then to-day he'll see the thing through what's his price leah smiled blandly as she thought of what jim would say did she reply honestly to this question but she did not intend to it seemed to her that jim was driving her towards the very path which lionel unknowingly wished her to avoid it was useless to fight against fate so she decided and like many another person she laid the blame on those scapegoats the stars she was now completely dominated by the selfish influence of the great god mammon and the lesser sin of lying was swallowed up in the greater one of idolatry he'll want a few thousands of course she said mendaciously but as yet we have not fixed any sum hum muttered jim suspiciously i thought he'd want something more than money leah rose indignantly and proclaimed a virtue that her conscience assured her she might yet lose i am an honest woman jim she said haughtily and married or unmarried i should never allow any man to make love to me seems to me you do only to pass away the time i stop short whim when their hearts are broken growled her husband upon my soul leah i'm straighter than you are i doubt that since you swear by what you haven't got jim rashly became aggressively virtuous i've not been a bad sort of husband to you leah i have seen so little of you that it is rather difficult for me to give an opinion she said resting her elbow on the mantelpiece mrs baring may be in a better position to judge of your virtues kames turned white with emotion and he rose from his low chair as though worked by springs it's a lie he growled hoarsely i never married her married who the lady you talk about the lady mr 
askew talked about you mean i merely mention her name it is not her name she is lola fajardo of the estancia san Iago, so mr askew explained oh if you're goin to make a row do i ever make rows asked lady jim impatiently you don't care enough about me to raise cain said jim rather sorry for himself i swear i'd be a different man if you were a different woman every husband in the divorce court witness box makes the same excuse sit down jim and let us talk over the matter quietly your infidelities have long since converted us from man and wife into a business firm to earn money but leah i swear by that soul you know nothing about she flashed out contemptuously talk sense if you are capable of doing so you have been trying to dodge this explanation ever since you met mr askew last night in the smoking-room but now that we've stumbled on an opening perhaps you will explain explain what all that mr askew did not tell me oh he's been making something out of nothing the silly ass protested jim sitting down and handling the poker with a fervent wish that he could use it on the sailor's head i met senorita fajarded at lima and later buenos aires her brother asked me out to their estancia in the camp of argentina near rosario and i stopped there for a month bit of luck came my way and i pulled her from under a beastly mustang that would have kicked the life out of her she took a fancy to me cause i saved her life is that all well i went again to san Iago last year your third visit to south america since our marriage yes said jim sullenly and i met lola i mean senorita fajardo oh don't apologize lola is a pretty name and she's a pretty woman and i'm flesh and blood cried jim getting up to work himself into a rage i met her during my second visit and went again to the estancia on my third it was no use lugging a title round for these mouldy hotel keepers always make a chap pay for having a handle to his name so i called myself baring james baring james baring bachelor bachelor certainly i haven't married her and if askew says i have he's a liar and assuredly a marplot said leah dryly since he has exploded your romance i understood from him that this lady loves you so she does and you love her jim wriggled oh go on go on kick a chap when he's down if i had intended to kick you would have been black and blue by now mr james baring but you needn't flatter yourself that my feelings are hurt in any way you're not worth it other women think differently lola fajardo for instance well i can't help that can i if you'd been a different sort of woman i'd have you said that before had we not better get to business what business the insurance business i don't care for you and you show very plainly that you don't care for me it is useless for us to struggle together like a couple of ill-matched dogs in leash give me fifteen thousand of this money and then you can marry your lola woman 
jim turned white again you seem jolly anxious to get rid of me can you wonder if i do how many women would take this scandalous matter as quietly as i do it's not scandalous said kames fiercely she thinks that i am a bachelor and i'm not even engaged to her i have tried to be true to you leah declared jim pathetically his wife shrugged her shoulders it was rather late in the day for jim to talk sentiment besides being a waste of time well she asked facing him squarely jim read her purpose in a very flinty face i'll do what you want he said weakly then there's no more to be said remarked leah coldly moving towards the door of her bedroom demetrius will explain if you will afford him half an hour's private conversation leah do you really mean it i have meant it from the first moment you put the idea into my head she said in a harsh voice this underhand love-making of yours only makes me the more determined but there was no don't lie jim a man can no more love two women than he can serve two masters is it to be lola fajardo or myself i leave it to you leah then i choose the fifteen thousand pounds she said and vanished into the bedroom jim took an impulsive step towards the door but the sharp click of a turning key showed him that he was locked out for ever that evening leah talked so gaily and looked so beautiful that her father-in-law was absolutely fascinated is it all right between you and james he asked graciously yes leah assured him we understand one another thoroughly End of chapter eleven